the Way City Church, located in Woodbridge, Virginia, is led by Pastor Marlon Yearwood and exists to reach the lost and disciple the believer. Today, I want to I want to begin uh, speaking to you about um, the voice of God, hearing from God. And again, we're starting our study of the book of Acts as a church. We're starting that also in February as well. So I have a couple more weeks um, of uh, free time. So um, I want to begin speaking to you about the voice of God, hearing from God. Remember that as a church, one of our values is spirit-led worship and prayer. And spirit-led worship and prayer, that's not just the, the worship music. That's the entire service right? The entire service is worship unto the Lord. And we desire at TWCC that the entire service is led by the Spirit of God. So when you enter this place, I desire for you to meet with the Lord. And that's my heart's prayer, and that's, that's my hope, that everything done in this place, every song sang, every prayer prayed, every message preached, is both from God and to God, from Him unto Him. And we begin to, to receive as we sit in the midst of that. And Brittany does exactly the same thing each and every single week, right? So she's not just putting songs into a hat and shaking the hat and then pulling songs out of the hat and singing those songs. There are many songs that she can sing well and lead us to, to God in worship with. But it's not just about singing a song, but it's about singing the song. It's not just about preaching a message, but it's about preaching the message that God has for us at TWCC that week and for that season. So, moving on. My heart has been heavy this week. And my heart, to be honest with you, is, is a little bit heavy this morning as well. Um, and I think it's going to continue to be heavier until I proclaim some of these truths to you this morning as a church. And I want us to begin with this headline from the Washington Post that was published on January 14th. And the Washington Post said, for some Christians, the Capitol riot doesn't change the prophecy. Trump will be president. Again, this is the Washington Post. For some Christians, and, and this was posted on January 14th. So for some Christians, the Capitol riot doesn't change the prophecy that Trump will be president. Now, I don't know about you at all, but I have heard um, from many Christians, I've heard talk over the past few months, when it came to this election about prophets and prophecy. Again, this, this may be foreign to you this morning, but I've heard a lot in the past few months about prophets and prophecy. And James 1.19 tells me to be swift to hear and slow to speak. So that's exactly what I did. I, I remained silent. Be, be swift to hear and slow to speak. And for the most part, I've just remained silent as I've heard Christians um, proclaim 
and declare regarding this election what God had predestined the outcome to be. I've heard it over and over and over again, and as I continue to hear people's prophecies and, and their dreams and their visions about this election, assuring the body of Christ about what will be and, and who will be in office, I just trusted God patiently and I waited to see the result. Now, this is just, just one of the things that, that saddens me. I was unaware that the, the world was watching us. That while we were prophesying in the name of the Lord, that the world was watching. The Washington Post. And they were listening to, to the prophecies from the so-called prophets of the church. Now, let me just give you my disclaimer real quick. What I'm saying to you today, I'm saying to you from a biblical standpoint. What I'm speaking to you about today, I'm speaking to you from a biblical standpoint. I'm talking to you about prophecy, right? I'm speaking today, this morning, about prophecy specifically. Not politicians, not presidents, not politics. Okay? I'm speaking to you this morning about prophecy not politicians, not presidents, not politics, even though I will mention the names of some presidents. But this is not a personal attack on any president. This is about prophecy, not politics. This is not about Biden or Trump, and I would have said exactly the same thing this morning if there were thousands of, of prophecies or thousands of people who believed prophecies that went out about Biden. And they said, you know, Biden was going to be the next president and it didn't happen. It would have been the same message. So it's not a personal attack on anything. I'm speaking about prophecy and not presidents or politics. Now, why? Why am I speaking about this and why am I addressing today the the issue of false prophecy from a biblical standpoint. Why? Because I personally believe that, that this office or gifting has confused hundreds of thousands of people um, in, in our country and, and in the world. But right now, in particular, our country, and even within our very own city, this gifting... And this office has confused many people. And prophecies have been made public, so I feel it necessary this morning to address publicly to the people of God what God's Word says about prophecy. Amen. Amen. Now, what is a prophet? Let's begin there real quick. What is a prophet? Think about that. What is a prophet? Let me tell you what a prophet is. A, a prophet is one who speaks on God's behalf. A prophet is one who speaks God's truth on God's behalf. As simple as that. We're going to keep it simple. A prophet is one who speaks God's truth on God's behalf. A prophet. A prophet. 
Ephesians 2.20 says, God's household is built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. What is prophecy? Prophecy then is the message. But not just any message. It's, it's God's message. It's the God-given divine message. It is the oracles of God. That is prophecy. It is the message. It is God's message. The oracles of God. And today, this morning, this will be a very casual, devotional style message this morning. I just want you to, to hear what God's Word says on the topic. And there are many passages that I'm going to read this morning on the topic. Psalm 119 and verse 130 says, The entrance of your Word gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. The entrance of your Word gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. So that's my prayer for us this morning, that, that the Word that comes forth, that the Scriptures will bring forth light to you. And let me begin this morning by saying that, that I believe and, and, and we believe as a church in prophecy. We believe in prophecy. Ephesians 4, 11 and 12 speaks to us and tells us that he gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So I believe if those five offices are necessary for both the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry and the edifying of the body of Christ. If they were necessary back then, they're still necessary today. If they were needed back then, they are needed today. I don't want to be the generation that is only half equipped, only half edified, and a part-time ministry worker in the kingdom of God because I chose to reject the need or I dishonored the office and the benefits of, of two or three out of the five offices that God has made available to us, the gifts. So if we reject one, two, or three of those, then we will not be fully equipped as God's word desires us to be fully equipped. First Thessalonians 5, 20 and 22 says, Do not despise prophecies. Test all things, hold fast to what is good, abstain from every form of evil. Do not despise prophecies, test all things, hold fast what is good, abstain from every form of evil. So we love and believe in prophecies, yet we're also called to judge them. 1 Corinthians 12, 1 Corinthians 14 verse 29 says, let two or three prophets speak and let the others judge. So the prophets have spoken, and now comes the judgment. The, the prophets have spoken, and now this morning comes the judgment, and sometimes when we hear the word judgment, we see it as a negative word. However, Scripture has commanded us, commanded us to judge, in this sense. It's funny how, how the, the world who don't believe or acknowledge God, but they, they all know that one scripture. Oh, don't judge me. <laughs> Everyone knows that verse. <laughs> don't judge me. We'll teach about that one day. That, that's, uh, that's not biblical. We are to. In its context, we are to. 
if we're not doing what they're doing, and if we're not being hypocritical, then we're called to. So when that verse speaks about judging, it's about being a hypocrite. Anyway, we're, we're called to judge, and, and uh, 1 Corinthians 14.29 is telling us that we're also called to, to judge prophecy. 1 John 4.1. Let's get started here. 1 John 4.1. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many prophets, many false prophets have gone out into the world. Here's the thing, church. We believe the scriptures sometimes in theory. We, we read verses like this and we say, yeah, there are false prophets, but I'm never going to meet them. Or, or, or my, favorite, my favorite prophet isn't a false prophet. So there's, there's somewhere out there, but they're not, not my teachers. Not my, not my prophets. So, so people have, have entrusted and they've, and they've looked to prophets. Many people, many people have done this. And it's destroyed many lives when it's been wrong. Deuteronomy 18, 20 through 22. But the prophet who presumes to speak a word in my name, which I have not commanded him to speak, or who speaks in the name of other gods, that prophet shall die. But the prophet who presumes to speak a word in my name which I have not commanded him to speak, or who speaks in the name of other gods, that prophet shall die. And if you say in your heart, how shall we know the word which the Lord has not spoken? When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, this is how you'll know. Because it's a question that many people are asking, well, well just how, how do you know? Well, you, you just wait. That's how you know. It's, it's very simple. When a prophet speaks in the name of the Lord, if the thing does not happen or come to pass, that is the thing which the Lord has not spoken. <laughs> Someone say amen. The prophet has spoken it presumptuously. You shall not be... Afraid of him. Hmm. Someone said this very well. They said, um, before you prophesy or say, God told me, or, or thus saith the Lord, ask yourself this question. Am I willing to die? Listen, am I willing to die based on what I believe God has shown me? So before you start prophesying and saying, thus saith the Lord, 
Ask yourself, before you say that, am I willing to die on this word that I believe that God has shown me? And if the answer is no, then keep it to yourself. And also, let me also say this, every, everything, everything God shows you, you don't have to declare it. It's okay for God to show you something and you just keep it in your heart. Like Mary did. It, that's okay. God takes it very seriously when you, when you choose to flippantly speak on his behalf. I want you to understand that this morning. It's very serious. It's not, it's not a light thing. And God wants us to, to know him, remember, primarily as holy. God wants us to primarily know him as holy. And only after you know him as holy can you attempt to know him as friend. And there are too many people that, that know God as friend, but don't know him as holy. God's their pal or their buddy. And they just speak on his behalf whenever they feel like it. With no reverence or regard or respect. Because God's their buddy. He's their friend. You, you cannot know God as friend until you know him as holy. You must primarily know him as he is holy. And only then can I begin to understand him also as a friend. The Bible says that this false prophet should not be feared and should not be listened to. And prophecy, my friends, is not one of those um, gifts where you get a, a second take. It's not one of those gifts where you get, an, you know, like a second shot. Yeah, this is a, this is a one-take wonder kind of deal when it comes to prophecy. There's no cut, take two, cut, take three. No, when it comes to prophecy. You get one shot. Because you are speaking on God's behalf. And, and everything in God's word, everything in the scriptures is truth. And we can build our life upon it. Everything that God says. So when you begin making statements in the name of the Lord, you should be afraid. And you should be careful. People who spoke on God's behalf in the Bible, they were approved by God. They were approved by Him. He, he approved them. And then they spoke His word. And I, you know, I, you know, I thought about a, um, a police officer. You can only be a police officer if you've done what? If you've gone through the training, right? And you've gone to the academy and you've been um, appointed 
and placed in a certain district and a certain station. And if you just decide that you want to help people, so you're going to impersonate an officer, it doesn't work like that. Right? I, man, I, I just want to, be, I want to be helpful, so I'm going to impersonate an officer. You already feel the weight of that when I use the words impersonate an officer. That's, that's serious to us. Well, that's, that's nothing. That's nothing compared to when we're saying God has called me and sent me and ordained me to proclaim this message. You should tremble. You should be afraid of, of, of impersonating him. Because when you say that, what you're saying is God himself is speaking this. So I want you to understand the, the weight of that. Jeremiah 23, 25 through 28. I have heard what the prophets have said who prophesy lies in my name saying I have dreamed, I have dreamed. How long will this be in the heart of the prophets who prophesy lies? Indeed, they are prophets of the deceit of their own heart who try to make my people forget my name by their dreams which everyone tells his neighbor as their fathers forgot my name for Baal. The prophet who has a dream, let him tell a dream. And he who has my word, let him speak my word faithfully. What is the chafe to the wheat, says the Lord. God's word here is saying, if you have a dream, that's okay, you can speak your dream. But let it be your dream. And if you're speaking my word, then let it be my word and let it be clear that it's my word. You have people that are, that are speaking their, their dreams and their, and their um, acquainting their, their dreams to the word of the Lord. And they're saying, this dream is God's word. They're, they're merging the two. They have a dream and they assume that God is speaking to them. There, there, are, there are many people like that. Again, we, we believe in prophecy. I want you to understand that. But, but today I am addressing specifically the issue of false prophecy. But these people, they're, they're speaking, the Bible says, from their own, their own dreams. They had a dream, now they're declaring it as truth. And the Bible says they're trying to get you to listen to them over listening to God. And I believe that some people are straight up lying. And I believe that others genuinely, they felt something. They, they felt something or, or they, or they um, saw something. But they're not yet mature enough to be able to discern the voice of God. And so there is error. Let me say this plainly this morning. Tens of thousands of Christians in this country, maybe even hundreds of thousands, believed that 
Donald Trump would remain the President of the United States on January 20th, 2021. Maybe that's foreign to you, and maybe you're well aware, but I want you to understand, tens of thousands believed that. And the reason why they believed that is because prophets spoke that. I, I was praying for the president, Donald Trump, a couple weeks ago because, because my heart was grieved. Because I thought to myself, you know, I, I saw um, a particular church invited him. And, and the church stood and they, and they prayed for him. And, and, and the pastor was, was prophesying and told him. I, 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 I saw it. And he told him, and I heard it, and he told him, you will continue. This will be an, an eight-year term. And, and you will be, the president, you will beat Biden. He told him that. Thus saith the Lord. So, so I was thinking to myself, I wonder if he's confused right now. When people presume to prophesy over him in the name of the Lord... And, and tell him something that, that has not happened. Now, I also understand that there are people who, who still believe that it's going to happen. And, and, and that I won't speak into. But I'm speaking into the folks that, that specifically said um, that January 20th will not come until Trump is, until Trump remains president. And they said it is impossible that Biden will beat Trump and become president. They prophesied and they proclaimed this. That's what I'm speaking about. If you're one of the folks that believe that it's still going to happen um, in the next month or two, I'm not speaking into that today. We'll wait and see. But I'm speaking into the folks that said that he would be president as of right now, as of today, and that was, I'm telling you straight up, false prophecy. And there are people out there that, that's defending this. And I want you to understand that is false prophecy from a biblical standpoint. Trump's no longer the president. I, I witnessed it. And, and Biden is now the president of this country, and that's something that, that's been witnessed, and that's something that is, that is true. And I don't believe that I'm speaking to an audience that was, that was swayed by, um, by those prophecies this morning, but I do want you to be aware. I'm taking advantage of the situation um, in our country right now for you to be aware, because these prophecies come at all different times, in many different ways. And I want you to understand that this stuff is dangerous. On, let me see, February 14th, 2008. February 14th, 2008. Um, February 13th. Yeah, February 14th, 2008, I proposed to, um, to my fiancé, to Deborah, on February 14th, 2008. Um, and had an amazing time. 
The next day was Sunday. And my wife called her parents to give them the wonderful news. On that day, February 15th, 2008, there were some people at my father-in-law's church that decided to, to stand up um, and to, and to um, make accusations and to cause a split. My father-in-law has been faithful in ministry for well over 40 years. Has a reputation of blameless in the Ethiopian community. And there were some prophets that received prophecy and had visions and dreams that he was no longer supposed to be the pastor there anymore. So they decided to take actions into their own hands. And that Sunday, they caused a church split. And his church went from three, four hundred people to like 50 in one week. So, so I know what God's word says about it, but it's also personal to me because I've seen the, the effects of it. I've seen the damage and the hurt and the pain that it brought to my family. But it was prophecy. God has said. God has spoken. And they ran with it. So, prophecy, false prophecy, is dangerous. Here's just, just one of, of the many prophets who, who spoke. I'm going to read this to you. I won't say the, the name here. I don't think any, any of you know the name in a way. Um, but the Lord has, this is what this prophet said, the Lord has anointed and has appointed Trump to be president a second term. It's not 2024. It's right now in the next couple of weeks. He said, hold your stones and don't throw any at me. Just wait until January 20th because the Lord has made this so clear to me. And, and there was more to that. Now, November 3rd came and he lost. And he said, just wait till the 20th because something's going to happen in between. In between, something miraculous is going to happen. So keep your faith, keep praying, saints of God, and trust me, the Lord's made this clear. And there are, I want you to know, there are hundreds of thousands of people um, that, that have subscribed to this guy, and, and hundreds of thousands of people believed this guy, and there are, and there are many more. And January 20th came, and he lost. So you can, only truly, you can only fully trust, saints, the Word of God. You can only fully trust 
his word. I don't want you to be hurt because you put your hope in something that, that a man or a woman said to you. You can only fully put your trust and confidence in God's word. And people, they, they, they can't follow their hearts. The Bible says in Jeremiah 79, the heart is deceitful above all things. The heart is deceitful above all things. So you, you can't even trust, you can't trust your heart and your feelings. And Proverbs 14, 12 says, there is a way that seems right. There's a way that it just, it just seems, it just seems so right. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end leads to death. That's, that's such a great contrast. It, it, it seemed so right and so life-giving produced death. Wow, you missed something with your feelings. It, it, it felt so right, yet it produced death. So we are easily deceived sometimes by our emotions and by our feelings. Jeremiah 23, 30 through 32. Therefore, Behold, I am against the prophets, says the Lord, who steal my words, every one from his neighbor. Behold, I am against the prophets, says the Lord, who use their tongues and say, he says. Behold, I am against those who prophesy false dreams, says the Lord, and tell them and cause my people to err by their lies and by their recklessness. Yet I did not send them or command them, therefore they shall not profit this people at all, says the Lord. Jeremiah 23:16 Thus says the Lord of hosts, do not listen to the words of the prophets who prophesy to you, they make you worthless. They speak a vision of their own heart, not from the mouth of the Lord. And Matthew 24:11 says, many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. I want us to be, to be diligent. And I'm going to read here uh, 1 Kings 22. And then we're going to finish up in a little bit. But, um, but tomorrow, I mean, next week we'll be in the New Testament and we'll, um, and we'll really focus on, on hearing from God what that looks like, um, starting with Jesus. So we'll be in the New Testament and we'll... Um, finish up next week on, on hearing from the Lord. But today I'm speaking specifically about prophecy and about false prophecy. 1 Kings 22. Let's read this. 1 Kings chapter 22, verse 1 through 28 we're going to read. 1 Kings 22. Very powerful text there. Now, three years passed without war between Syria and Israel. Then it came to pass in the third year that Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, 
went down to visit the king of Israel. And the king of Israel said to his servants, Do you know that Ramoth in Gilead is ours, but we hesitate to take it out of the hand of the king of Syria? So he said to Jehoshaphat, Will you go with me to fight at Ramoth Gilead? Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, I am as you are, my people as your people, my horses as your horses. And Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, but please inquire for the word of the Lord today. Then the king of Israel, verse 6, gathered. He gathered the prophets together, about 400 men, and said to them, shall I go against Ramoth Gilead to fight, or shall I refrain? So they said, collectively, so they said, go up, for the Lord will deliver it into the hand of the king. And Jehoshaphat, he said, is there not still a prophet of the Lord here that we may inquire of him? Jehoshaphat, he said, you know, is there, um, I don't know about these guys. He said, is there a prophet of the Lord that I may inquire of him? So the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, yeah, he said, there's still one man, Micaiah. He doesn't like Micaiah. Micaiah, the son of Imla, by whom we may inquire of the Lord. But I hate him. Because he does not prophesy good concerning me, but evil. And Jehoshaphat said, let not the king say such things. Then the king of Israel called an officer and said, bring Micaiah, the son of Imla, quickly. I love people like Micaiah. <laughs> the king of Israel, um, verse 10, the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, having put on their robes, sat each on his throne at a threshing floor at the entrance of the gate of Samaria. And all the prophets prophesied before them. Now, Zedekiah, the son of Chenana, had made horns of iron for himself. So they're putting on like a little spectacle here. Now, so he puts on this, this uh, thing and then he says, Thus saith the Lord, With these you shall gore the Syrians until they are destroyed. So he's like reenacting this thing. And he's like, man, with these things on my head, man, you're going to gore out the eyes of the Syrians. Verse 12, and all the prophets prophesied so, saying, go up, go up, go up, go up to Ramoth Gilead and prosper, for the Lord will deliver it into the king's hand. It shall be so. Then the messenger who had gone to call Micaiah spoke to him, saying, now, now listen. He, he's given Micaiah some advice before he gets in front of the kings. And he says, hey, Micaiah, hey, listen up real quick. He says, um, the words of the prophets with one accord encourage the king. So please let your word be like the word of one of them and speak encouragement. Say like, Micaiah, hey, everyone's, everyone's saying the same thing here, right? The king's encouraged, he's excited, so just say what the other prophets are saying. Verse 15, then he came to the king and the king said to him, Micaiah, Shall we go to war against Ramoth Gilead or shall we refrain? 
And he answered him, go, go, go and prosper, for the Lord will deliver it into the hand of the king. So the king said to him, how many times shall I make you swear that you tell me nothing but the truth in the name of the Lord? Verse 17, then he said, all right, here's the truth. He was being sarcastic at first. Now he's saying, all right, here's the truth. This is what I saw. I saw all Israel scattered on the mountains as sheep that have no shepherd. And the Lord said, these have no master. Let each return to his house in peace. That vision of, of him seeing the folks without a shepherd is important. And that's, that's how I see many Christians right now. I'm like, man, don't you have a, a shepherd that can, that, that can speak to you God's word? Or can't you open the scriptures and read God's word, what it says during this time? But he sees them and they, and they have no shepherd. And the Lord said, these have no master. Let each return to his house in peace. Verse 18. And the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, did I not tell you that he would not prophesy good concerning me but evil? He's like, I told you. Micaiah never prophesies good concerning me. Then Micaiah said, therefore, hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne. Praise God, he's still sitting on his throne. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne, just like Isaiah saw him. And all the hosts of heaven standing by, on his right hand and on his left. And the Lord said, who will persuade? Lost my place here, hold on. And the Lord said, who will persuade Ahab to go up? that he may fall at Ramoth-Gilead. So one spoke in this manner and another spoke in that manner. Then a spirit came forward and stood before the Lord and said, I will persuade him. The Lord said to him, in what way? So he said, I will go out and be a lying spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. And the Lord, and the Lord said, you shall persuade him and also prevail. Go out and do so. Therefore, look. The Lord has put a lying spirit in the mouth of all these prophets of yours, and the Lord has declared disaster against you. Now, Zedekiah, the son of Chanana, went near and struck Micaiah on the cheek. So he goes and he uppercuts him, or he slaps him, whatever. So he goes and he strikes him on the cheek and said, which way did the spirit from, from the Lord go from me to speak to you? He said, how did the Spirit tell you that when the Spirit told me this? He said, how dare you? And Micaiah said, indeed, you shall see on that day when you go into an inner chamber to hide. He said, you will see it. So the king of Israel said, take Micaiah and return him to Ammon, the governor of the city, and to Joash, the king's son, and say, thus says the king, put this fellow in prison and feed him with bread of affliction, and water of affliction until I come in peace. But Micaiah said, If you ever return in peace, the Lord has not spoken by me. And he said, Take heed, all you people. Before we close, I'm going to make a, a few 
point here because some of you may be um, a little alarmed um, by some verses in the text, but he tried to, the king even tried to manipulate the prophet. You see that? He says, um, hey, just keep him in prison and keep him in prison until I return. Almost as though like Micaiah had, had the power to, to change the prophecy. He's like, you know, if I come back safe, then he can be released. Right? But we're going to keep him in prison. Almost trying to manipulate the things of God. And Micaiah says, yeah, you won't, you won't come back. Everyone today in, in some circles, but everyone today wants to be a prophet. There are 10,000 prophets in every city. But that was not so in the, in the Bible days. In the Bible days, the prophets were scarce. They were scarce and they were, and they were rare and they were few. And here you have 400 prophets. And none of them are speaking the word of the Lord. None of them are speaking the truth except one, Micaiah. But the king hates the, the word of this prophet, Micaiah. Now, a couple quick helpful observations from the passage here. Number one, God does not lie. Numbers 23, 19, right? God is not a man that he should lie, right? God does not lie, okay? And if you see here, God reveals the plan... He actually reveals the plan and the truth to Ahab. So he's not responsible for any deceit because he told Ahab exactly what happened. Are you following that? He, he explained to Ahab, he told Ahab, he said, hey, listen, the 400 prophets that spoke to you, it was a lie. Okay? They lied to you. Okay? He made that clear. He, he revealed, he unveiled what was going on behind the scenes and revealed it in truth and said, hey, listen, the 400 prophets, it was a lie. This is the word of the Lord. So God wanted us to see this and for us to know this story. It's, it's, it's here for a reason. And I'm not teaching um, on this text per se today, I want to make these, these points. I believe that one thing that God is showing His people here that, is that people prefer to listen and to believe the lie when it favors their desired outcome. People prefer to, to believe the lie when it favors their desired, their desired outcome. God in His sovereignty presented to Ahab a believable lie as well as the unfavorable truth. So God presents both before Ahab, the king. He presents before him the believable lie, but he knows it's a lie, and he presents before him the unfavorable truth, and he, and he shows him both. He says, here's the believable lie, and here's the unfavorable truth. Now choose. So Ahab has both before him, but he still found more comfort in believing the lie. He found more comfort in that. 
God says, Micaiah, you make sure that Ahab knows that these 400 prophets, they're lying. Make sure he knows that. And he did. Sometimes what God says contradicts what we want to hear. Sometimes what he says contradicts what we want to hear. And it is hard for you to speak the truth when nobody wants to hear it. That's a, what Micaiah did was, was bold and was difficult. It's hard for you to speak the truth when nobody wants to hear it. But it's also hard for you to accept the truth when it's something you don't want to hear. It's hard to speak the truth when no one wants to hear it, but it's also hard to accept the truth when it's something that you don't want to hear. We must listen to the truth when it's spoken. And we have too many people that are speaking and not listening. And finally, we see here the last point I'll leave us with is God is the sovereign Lord of the universe and He never does anything evil. He's the sovereign Lord of the universe and He never does anything evil but He has both the power and the ability to use the evil acts of people and of Satan to accomplish His purposes. He never does evil but He has the power and the ability to use the, the evil acts of people and of Satan to accomplish his purposes. That's the, the greatness of his sovereignty. He can work through wrong choices. And he can work and cause good to come out of evil. The crucifixion is a perfect example of that. It was evil. And it was wrong. But God brought salvation from there. God brought life from, from one man's suffering and death and, and pain. God brought life to all who would receive him. Jesus Christ came here and was crucified not for himself, but he was crucified specifically for you. He had no sin of himself. But you had many. You were full of sin. And when Jesus Christ came here, He had you in mind. And He lived a perfect life where death had no rule or power over Him. And He died upon that cross. But He not only died, but He, he rose again because death had no power over Him because He had no sin. And now He said, in the same way that I rose again from the dead, He says, if you would believe in Me, put your faith and trust in Me, you too can have eternal life. That's what God has offered to you this morning through something terrible like the crucifixion. Something beautiful has blossomed out of it. Let's stand up, please. As I close here today, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 through 3. As I close here, And I may read this also next week. But Hebrews 1, verse 1 through 3. 
This is where we're ending today, and we'll pick up here next week as we go into the New Testament and look specifically at how we are called to, to hear the voice of God and how to be led by the Holy Spirit. But Hebrews 1, verse 1 says, God who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets has in these last days spoken to us by His Son, that's Jesus Christ, who I just spoke of, whom He has appointed heir of all things, through whom also He made the worlds, who being the brightness of His glory and the express image of His person, and upholding all things by the word of His power, when He had put, when He had by Himself purged our sins, He sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Having become so much better than the angels, as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they. Yeah, hallelujah, praise God. Bow your heads, please. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke to us through the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son. He's spoken to us by his Son, Jesus Christ, primarily by his Son. Primarily by His Son. By His Word. By the Scriptures. The easiest way to accurately prophesy 100% of the time is to prophesy God's Word. To prophesy His revealed Word. You'll never miss it. The Bible says, my sheep, they know my voice. And the stranger's voice, they will not follow. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. There's so much in your word. Father, Father and I thank you, Lord, that the scriptures today, Lord, that uh, even the ones that were just read, Lord, I thank you, Lord, that they brought forth light that light entered the hearts and the minds, the spirits and the souls of every individual in this place and those online. We thank you that your word is truth. And we know, Lord, that out in the world there are prophets from you. And there are false prophets. And Father, I pray that you would give the, the people of God a discerning spirit. But Father, as we are slow to speak and quick to listen, Father, I pray that we would not be afraid or be ashamed to judge righteously. To call truth, truth, and to call sin, sin. To call that which is right, right, and to call that which is wrong, wrong. So Father, we thank you for speaking to us this morning from your word and father i pray that every individual in this place that they would have a hunger and a thirst for righteousness i pray that they would have a hunger lord for your revealed word and lord they can prophesy your revealed word your written word anytime and father we thank you that you have given it to us we thank you lord that that jesus is the word 
and that he has come to us. So, Father, we thank you for the gift of your Son, and we thank you for the gift of the Scriptures. We love you, Father, and we bless you. And we give this time to you in Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. We'd love to hear from you. Visit us at thewaycitychurch.org.